after. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is entertainment news. This is from NPR. The headline is, An album made entirely of endangered bird sounds beat Taylor Swift on a top 50 chart. What? (laughs) In Australia. Okay. (laughs) Caveat. Uh, So, Songs of Disappearance. Oh. That's the name of the album. That's sad. Is the entire... I'll, yeah, you'll see why it's called that. Is an entire album of calls from endangered Australian birds. Last month, it briefly perched at number three on the country's top 50 albums chart, ahead of Taylor Swift. Wow, number three is, when you said top 50, I assumed it was like, it was number 49. Yeah, or something. It no, number it's three. number three. Okay. It was number three. Um, musician and PhD candidate Anthony Albrecht produced the album with his arts organization, the Bowerbird Collective. Songs of Disappearance was released with a <laughs> Charles Darwin University report, which is like funny that that's the name of the university, um, that found one in six Australian bird species are now threatened. Oh, wow. Which is a lot. Yeah. Um, so this album captures the calls of 53 of those species. Proceeds from album sales directly benefit the conservation organization BirdLife Australia. Oh, nice. So the fact that it was charting is probably a good sign for the donation stuff, too. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. I like that. So it's cool. So I went and listened to, like, a clip of it, mm-hmm. and it's it's not actually music. Is it's it a just, banger? <laughs> it's, a, it's like a um, it's a bunch of bird calls happening, like, at once, kind of. They're, like, oh. mixed together. Oh. But, and that, but, but it, like, goes through different types of calls and stuff mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell you what the, bird at least, is yeah at least the it. clip i listened to did not tell you which bird it was it just was like all these different like birds <laughs> which is like okay it wasn't like super pleasant to listen to i'm not gonna <laughs> lie but i like the idea behind it i thought the it was idea, creative yeah huh no, i'm just yeah. like the fact that they don't tell you it's like what kind of bird it is it's like well are you you're just, tr- I just have to trust you, I guess. Yeah, that, this is, I, yeah. That these are the birds, like these are endangered birds and not just like you just recorded this out your back window or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I the, the clip I listened to was just like, it was just like a little video like on the actual news article about it. So okay. I didn't go like look up the whole thing uh, elsewhere. Okay, I see. So I don't know if there are some more like explanations and stuff in there. I'm not sure. But. Yeah. All right. But yeah, it's cool. All right. Let's keep it up on the chart. Yeah. My first story is food news. This is from USA Today. New Oreo flavor. Chocolate confetti cake cookie to be released for brand's 110th birthday. Wow. I know you're an Oreo fan. Yes, I am. Um, So Oreo is celebrating its 110th birthday with a cake-flavored cookie and a contest. Uh, the new Oreo chocolate confetti cake cookie is available for pre-sale at Oreo.com and will be available in stores nationwide starting January 31st. Did you know you could just go to Oreo.com and buy cookies? You can? No, yeah. I didn't know that. And I know that because I just bought two boxes of these. <laughs> <laughs> I did not um, know that was a thing, yeah, and that's you, probably dangerous for me. You but can okay. just go and, like, they have all the currently available flavors up there. Unfortunately, it turns out the red velvet ones are not currently available, which oh. made me quite sad. But 
Um, they're all there, and you can just buy them. They also have a lot of they have a lot of merch, like a lot of Oreo themed merchandise. Oh, so this episode okay. brought to you by Oreo, I guess. But <laughs> it's I was surprised by the amount of stuff you could just buy on Oreo.com. <laughs> um, the cookie brand said it's the first ever limited edition cookie to feature rainbow sprinkles both in and on the cookie. So oh. it's like it's like got little colored flecks all over the cookie itself too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, the cookie's birthday is March sixth, but a national sweepstakes begins Saturday and runs through March thirty first. Uh, this is a, like the second part of their promotion, I guess, is that they're having this weird contest where, and I say weird because the prizes are kind of random. Um, prizes will be awarded randomly and include a baking class with Dominique Ansel. Um, I looked up who this was. <laughs> okay. He is a French-American pastry chef and the owner of the Dominique Ansel Bakery in New York City. He is best known for his invention of the cronut. Oh! Uh, the, the croissant donut yeah. hybrid. So that's who that is. You can win a baking glass with him. Um, you can also win a basketball experience, which is what? a weird way to phrase anything, um, with AT&T slam, slam dunk champion Dwight Howard, along with Oreo swag and more. So that's, I don't know what this contest is. It's very strange. Um, but it sounds like you can enter it at okay. the website and I think there's also a code you can scan on the packages of the birthday or oh, okay. to, to get it. But yeah. So I'm, this, I'm this new cookie is coming. So I, I mean I want to try the Oreo cookies. Yeah, but I'll bring I'll, I'll bring them once they once they arrive. I, I don't know when they I think I technically have pre ordered them, so I don't know if they'll be in oh, until okay. next month or not. Um I'm interested in what a basketball experience is exactly <laughs> it's such a weird way to phrase that prize. Like, ooh, a basketball experience. <laughs> like, it is, it's just it's Dwight just Howard like, handing you a basketball, yeah, right, walking I, away. Like, like, that could be interpreted in a, a lot of ways. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. That's okay, though. It's funny. Okay, my next story is animal news. <laughs> This is from openculture.com. The headline is, Animals Laugh Too. UCLA study finds laughter in 65 species, from rats to cows. Huh. This just in in our series of animals, animals are, do... Yeah, they're smarter than you animals think they are. are smarter than you think they are. <laughs> or they have behaviors that just make sense, just like humans. Yeah. Uh, so, according to a new article published in the journal Bioacoustics, laughter has now been documented officially in at least 65 species. That list includes a variety of primates, domestic cows and dogs, foxes, seals, mongooses, as well as three bird species, including parakeets and Australian magpies. This didn't say what the third bird was. <laughs> just, Two out of three. <laughs> ooh, it's a mystery bird. Uh, apparently this is very different from just a few years ago when apes and rats were the only known animals like that laughed that it was scientifically proven that they laugh. I'm just pick like I'm just picturing a rat laughing and that's very funny to me for some reason. Yes. <laughs> so you know what's what's interesting is that this article said that humans are unlikely to actually recognize animal laughter or perceive it in a lot of cases because like the way that it's expressed is not in ways that we can really detect easily. Plus, cows just find other things funny that we wouldn't. <laughs> also they have, that. They have different senses also, of humor. 
Also, their sense of humor. Is their totally sense of humor is completely different. You just like it's some real new wave stuff that you just you just want to get. <laughs> Um, so UCLA primatologist Sasha Winkler describes the significance of laughter like this. When we laugh, we are often providing information to others that we are having fun and also inviting others to join. Some scholars have suggested that this kind of vocal behavior is shared across many animals who play. And as such, laughter is our human version of an evolutionary, uh, old vocal play signal, like like I'm like, and, and they, they kind of went into it a little bit in the article too. Like, like non-aggressive, like roughhousing kind of things. Yeah. Like, like this is, this is fun. I am enjoying this, except we make a sound instead of just saying those words. Which yes, would be yes. so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. I am enjoying this. This is fun. fun. I am this enjoying is fun. this. This is fun. This is fun. This is fun. I'm enjoying this. This is good. Every comedy show is just, this is fun. I am enjoying this. That was just a good, everyone in the audience. That was is a good like joke. That was a good joke. That was a good joke. This is fun. So, um, yeah, so they, uh, if I, I don't think I said this earlier that the rats, like an example of like the rats apparently make ultrasonic vocalizations beyond the range of human hearing that they've like detected that that's their laughter. Like, so that's why we don't know if they're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So I wonder what a cow laughs like. That's the one I'm most intrigued by, I think. My next story is also animal news. This is from CNN. Medieval horses were no bigger than modern day ponies, study suggests. Whoa. <laughs> okay, I'm not- the more you think about this, the better it is. <laughs> You know where my mind is going. Oh yeah, now. I was like all these like medieval battles, just like, like epic. knights, just like on dog size horses, just like. <laughs> it's very funny, oh, and if you don't think so, so then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But um, so this article starts: a knight in shining armor straddling a towering horse is a deeply ingrained part of how popular culture portrays the Middle Ages. But it appears the horses of that era were in fact pony size, much smaller than their modern descendants, according to the largest ever study of horse bones. Huh. Um, which I can't imagine there's been too many studies of horse bones, but I don't know. Uh, the study published in the International Journal of Osteoarchaeology. Whoa. It's a new one, I think. Yeah. I don't think we've had the, uh, the Journal of Osteoarchaeology. Um, it examined the size and shape of 1,964 English horse bones from between 380 and 1650 AD at, uh, that were found at 171 different ge- uh, archaeological sites. Uh, They compared those bones with the bones of modern horses to understand how the animals had changed over time. Uh, On average, horses from the Saxon and Norman periods, which is between the 5th and 12th centuries, were under 4.9 feet or 14 hands high. Hands are how you measure horses, apparently. Hmm. Um, Which would have made them ponies by modern size standards. Uh, A hand is approximately 4 inches and is the main unit used to measure the height of horses and ponies, apparently. So, Like, still? I guess. Oh. Yeah. So, huh. so they were 14 hands. I guess maybe it's like the width, like a yeah, hand like, across. Like, like a hand, maybe? this. Pro- like, approximately. Hand. Kind of like a foot. Like, being I guess that makes them. sense that feet is a unit of measure. Right, yeah. Why not hands? Why not hands? 
Um, so the study suggested that horses of 16 and even 15 hands, which is more, a more common size today, would have been seen as very large by medieval people. <laughs> but these uh, 14 hand horses were much smaller. This actually makes sense to me because now that I'm thinking about it, like weren't like more modern, like what we think of as a modern horse, like weren't those like in the Americas, like running wild and stuff. I so think maybe so. like the middle ages, like in the middle ages, they just had different, their breeds over there. Like, like, isn't like an English Shetland pony, like a thing? Like, is uh-huh. that, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That's a good point. Like they might not, they might not have had like what we think of as like the modern day horse. Yeah. Even, like available to them at that time. Mm-hmm. So I want all these shows getting updated. Yeah, all of the sh- all of the shows that Edit have medieval battles to make the horses smaller because I think it would be a lot. Every every medieval movie would become a comedy. Lord of the Rings, like Ride of the Rohirrim. <laughs> they're like coming over the hill. It's just like, yeah, it's the Rohirrim, and they're just on these like ponies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in their defense, that's a fantasy world anyway. So I, true, I don't know but... if they need to update. But any but accurate period that's the piece imagery I'm thinking of. needs to be updated so that yeah. everything is a pony. I yeah, that that clearly needs to happen yeah, with this new research because it would be super funny. Also, weren't people like on average shorter back then? So maybe yeah. proportionally, it might have made a little more sense. But still, I I don't know if they were that much shorter. So I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> that's very interesting and very funny to mm-hmm. visualize. <laughs> All right, my next story is random local news. This is from invenglobal.com. Oh, Invenglobal? In, in global? Yeah, Invenglobal. In, in so like know. inventory plus global? Yes. Or invention? But without the Tory. <laughs> yeah, but. I'm but like, yeah. I'm just mean like a portmanteau kind of situation. But anyway, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> It's a random one. Just trying to understand. (laughs) The headline is, LAPD officers fired for ignoring robbery to catch a Snorlax in Pokemon Go. Uh, I heard this story, and it's so funny to me. I wish I could, like, project my facial expression through (laughs) through the mic, but I can't. Two former police officers for the city of Los Angeles filed a petition recently against the city of LA for being fired in 2017 after they were found to have ignored an ongoing robbery call in order to attempt to catch a Snorlax and other Pokemon in the mobile game Pokemon Go. <laughs> what were their grounds for getting this dismissed? It's like, I don't, like, you ignored oh, work. I can tell you what yeah. their argument was. Uh, first of all, the officers claimed that the city acted improperly by using in-car recordings of them during the disciplinary process. <laughs> Sorry, you were held accountable for your like, like job responsibilities. Oh, are we not supposed to like, like look at or at any recordings of data of like what you were doing during your job? Or right, like, like they just know? use it to back up what they like. Um, the petitioners also denied actually playing Pokemon Go, arguing they were simply monitoring the Pokemon tracker application <laughs> on their phones. However, they did admit to leaving their beat area to search for a Snorlax. <laughs> This is so, so I don't, funny. it's so funny, but there's like some other element to this. Too. This is like, I, I know you, you play Pokemon Go quite regularly. I'm still, I'm one of the th- I, three people that's still playing yeah. it like day to day. I stopped after the craze 
But I did play it a lot at that time. And yeah. I have to say that I understand the whole Snorlax thing at that time when you're not at work. <laughs> but right. like, like one time there was one like down the street from my house mm-hmm. at like midnight. <laughs> and I seriously considered like, should I go for a walk and try to Oh, you only it? considered it? Yeah. I, have I told, <laughs> did I tell you about the one time <laughs> I was in, I was in San Antonio for work and like, it was like, I think it was 11 or midnight or something, and yeah. I happened to look at the game, and there was something on, like, their nearby locator thing that was something I hadn't seen before. So I left the hotel that I was staying you in, probably told in me the middle of the night in an unfamiliar city, <laughs> like, ran to find this thing, found it, caught it, and my phone died. <laughs> oh, okay, that's not good. And I was, like, a mile away from the hotel. It's fine. Oh, no. I managed to find my way back because San Antonio famously okay. has like a river walk, and like luckily the hotel we yeah. were staying was like relatively near the Alamo, so I was able to find follow signs to that. But I kind of had to like navigate my way back. <laughs> so I have a feeling a I lot get of, it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you probably did tell me that at the time. I <laughs> but I so like I understand that feeling. If if you're listening to this and you haven't played Pokemon Go, the Snorlax is very rare. Yeah, or it's it was not at common. that time. I don't yeah, know if it is n- at, now, but yeah, in, in 2017, it would have been like the game was relatively new, so you wouldn't have had a lot of chances to get one. I say by now, if you haven't gotten one and you've been playing since then, like what are you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's still like not, not super, it's not super common. common. So yeah. when you at that time when it with the friends he was mm-hmm. having, like when you saw one, it was a big deal because it was like right. oh my. That, oh. But also, like, if there was a robbery in progress, you should probably. But yeah, but I'm not excusing. I'm not excusing the behavior I know, I know, at I know. all. I'm saying like, you're just yeah, explaining they're, they're normal, the draw for people norm, who might. They not are people. It. Cops are people, and there was a draw there, a draw towards that, and they made the wrong decision and decided that was more important than doing their job. Right. And it's just like I don't know. I just like imagine the image of like pe- like these cops in a cop car, and they're like playing pokemon it's just like what i don't know it's just such a weird image imagery anyway it's pretty I, funny but also one time when i was in denver i was on uh i was playing pokemon go with a friend and we were standing on like a street corner waiting for a raid to start and a cop pulled up with three different pokemon go to playing devices and asked <laughs> if they could join us in the raid so maybe, so that this, actually isn't that, maybe this isn't that uncommon This is like, okay, I could maybe see it if, like, nothing is happening. If yeah, and I like, don't think that that person was, like, ignoring some, like, I think they were just on patrol duty, but it was still yeah, just they're Yeah, like, ju- they're just like, oh, I'm supposed to drive around these streets for the next two hours. Out, like, okay. Two phones and a tablet. It's like, these are my son's devices. I need to catch this. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was really funny. <laughs> Because we uh, thought that, that we thought that the cop was going to yell at us for like standing just like around like loitering basically. And yeah, they wanted to join us. In the <laughs> they wanted to join you in the. Those are the moments that you remember. You know, yep. <laughs> I have a lot of this game has given me a lot of memorable memorable moments. I Honestly, say that. me too. Even yeah. for the short time that I played it, mm-hmm. it was kind of nice. That first summer when it came out was yeah. like. I've never interacted with strangers in public so like in a positive way so often as when that game first yeah, came out. It same. was really nice. It actually really was really nice. <laughs> but um yeah, at the end of the day though, you, you 
don't. You, sh- yeah, you should don't, do your job. Don't ignore your job to don't catch a Pokemon. Don't ignore your job to catch a Pokemon. Yeah. My next story is technology news. This is from Gizmodo. Starlink's self-heating internet satellite dishes are attracting cats. What? So do you remember Starlink? I think we've talked about it like one time before on the podcast. I don't but remember. But basically, it's SpaceX's satellite internet service. Oh. Um, they're, they're deploying a bunch of like low-orbit satellites to deliver internet to like rural areas. Yes. Um. So they've been making steady gains with their internet service, surpassing 100,000 terminals shipped in 2021 and showing promising improvements in performance. Okay. Um, this isn't an ad for Starlink. Um, <laughs> however, the company's run into an unforeseen hiccup with its dishes. Cats love them. Um, and they're making it sound like this is a phenomenon or something. One guy tweeted about it. So oh, I don't think it's oh, really... Okay. It's, that, it, it's probably not that common, actually. But uh, Starlink user Aaron Taylor tweeted a picture... Um, and the cat with the caption, Starlink works great until the cats find out that the dish gives off a little heat on cold days. And he, and the picture that was attached had five cats huddled up together on top of a Starlink dish, like just like in the bowl of a satellite dish, essentially. Um, and in the photo, the, uh, Starlink dish is installed at ground level and surrounded by snow. So it's also in kind of an accessible location. So okay. that's another part of the reason it's yeah. a funny picture. I will show you the picture. Um, <laughs> So the dish has a snow melt mode um, that uh, enables it to use self-heating capabilities to prevent snow buildup from interfering with the oh, signal. Oh, that's awesome. Which is a really cool feature, right? Yeah. Um, but apparently it also provides a toasty outdoor lounge for animals. <laughs> um, I can see that. <laughs> uh, the person who originally posted it like followed up on Twitter because people were obviously like, let the cats inside. He's like, they're allowed inside. <laughs> like they have free room of the house, um, but they choose the dish when the sun is out because it gets them warm from below and the sun is warming them from above. So it's just like a, a toasty little spot for them to lay. Yeah. Um, and I just want to show you the picture cause it is funny. Cause it, it is just literally like, there's like the whole thing. Like if I fits, I sits <laughs> with, with cats where just yeah. like, if I fit in it, I sit. And there's, it's so many cats in one space. Let me just find this picture. Oh, there's four cats? There's five cats in there. There's apparently. five cats? <laughs> it's I don't not, know what I was It's expecting. not that big. But, yeah. <laughs> and they're all just piled in there together. It's really adorable. That is really cute, actually. Um, but yeah, apparently somebody responded also like with a picture of like a bird, like, sitting in their satellite dish as well. So this isn't the only situation where animals have uh, gotten in there. I don't know <laughs> if it's been enough of them to qualify it as a problem, but I just thought it was yeah. pretty cute. All right, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Laughing cows. Ready, set, Go! go! Okay, uh, I found this on USA Today. The headline is, Canon scrambles as its own printers think ink cartridges are fake due to chip shortage. Oh, goodness. so (laughs) bad and also funny. Um, So, okay, basically in a nutshell, because of the chip shortage, a bunch of, like, Canon printers are not recognizing official Canon ink cartridges. And it's saying that like, oh, this is fake. And like the, the people that have the printers, like they can't use the, their ink 
And it's just like, it's flagging as like, this is a fake cartridge. You're not allowed to use this. Cause I guess that those printers have that as part of their, like, I mean, are we surprised? <laughs> no, I'm not surprised about that, but that's also, that's, that's what's so funny weird that about, they like can restrict you to only use. I know. I don't like, agree with that. I mean, I like, I know why they do it, yeah. but it's just like, it's a, it's a shady business practice. I don't I, yeah, appreciate it. I, I, I also feel this, that way. This episode not brought to you by Canon. <laughs> um, the part that's really funny, though, is that the workaround for the problem is that, like, Canon is now, like, sending out materials to customers on how to bypass that, like, restriction on the printer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? That, okay. That, that I do like. <laughs> So, so like, though. Also, uh, the fact that there is a way to bypass it, and the fact that they'll work just fine, is kind of like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this says, yeah, right. I know yeah. because it's probably like, because I'm sure like the employees just have it. Oh yeah, as like because you know, they have to test things and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. You know, they like, don't want to waste a chip on a test. Classic or, yeah. override uh-huh. things, but like. Yeah, now it's just like public info now. Right. This says instructions on Canon's official website outline how and why to ignore warnings that were previously in place to forbid customers from using non-Canon <laughs> ink. <laughs> so you can just go to their website and just override it now. So That's good to know. Now I can buy a bunch of yeah. off-market <laughs> yeah. uh, cartridges and just use those instead. If you wanted, That's you could. That's cheaper. <laughs> so... Yeah, that that was the part that was just like that's pretty funny. That is pretty. Good. <laughs> um, I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of it's still pretty annoying if you like own one of those printers and you're buying their ink and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, you can't this use doesn't this even work. Fake. It's like, no, I spent six million dollars on this ink. I think it should work. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Okay, I found this on IGN, but also just kind of knew about it from today because Nintendo released a new trailer. For Kirby and the Forgotten Land, I don't know if you've been following this game at all. I think no. it was announced. It was announced late last year, I think. Um, but they released a new trailer that shows new features, and they announced the release date is going to be March twenty fifth. Um, so that's pretty soon, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, but basically, so if you haven't seen this, it's. Uh, I guess I should go back further. If you're not familiar with Kirby, Kirby's like a little pink puffball. Um, and his like signature move is to like inhale enemies and absorb their powers, and then he can use their powers and do whatever they were doing. Um, so you can like absorb a fire enemy and shoot balls of fire, that kind of thing. Um, so the new this new game is like uh, it's the first time that Kirby is kind of like a it's like a three D like almost similar to like the three D Mario games oh, in okay. a way, but yeah. with Kirby instead. So because usually they're kind of like a side scrolling like two-dimensional, like mm-hmm. you're following a linear path, and these are a little bit... They're not... I don't think it's technically open world, but it has a more open world feel to it. Um, and it's like this big, beautiful, lush 3D game. Cool. Um, that looks like it has some, like, maybe post-apocalyptic vibes to it, which is oh. kind of interesting, but still adorable, because he's a pink <laughs> puffball, and all the enemies are cute and stuff. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the new trailer shows off some new abilities that he has, like a drill ability where he can drill into the ground and then like pop up underneath enemies, which is kind of nice. Um, and there's also a local co-op mode where you can play as one of the Waddle Dees, which are like these little brown Kirby looking guys um, that have spears and can throw spears. Oh, okay. 
it's it's very adorable despite the, <laughs> like the fact that you can drill into your enemies it's it's cute don't worry yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so it includes a central hub known as waddle d town and you rescue these waddle d's during waddle your adventure town. it's yeah um you you rescue them and the town will develop more and more over the course of the game when there's new shops that open up and there's like little games you can play with them like there's one where you're like running a little restaurant or something oh. it looked cute that's um, cool. All this to say, it looks like a really like adorable, fun game. It kind of in the vein of like Super Mario Odyssey, which I yeah, know, that's which what I, I know you enjoyed. Yeah. Um, it kind of sounds like there's like different worlds that you go to, and they're but they're kind of open, like they're a little more open than like some of the past Mario mm-hmm. games. Same idea, um, but for okay. Kirby, and it looks really fun, and I'm really excited to try it. Yeah, and that's coming that's, out. Does sound fun. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. Um. I hadn't been following that. I didn't know. Yeah. So I, I think it, it sounds like the kind of game you might like because it does – because I know you liked Super Mario Odyssey. So mm-hmm, I did. You Unfortunately, might be I never beat the final, like, fight at the end. Like the final, final fight? Yeah. yeah. It was too hard. I couldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> it does, like – that game does have, I feel like, a weird difficulty spike around, like, that towards the end of it where it gets, like, surprisingly difficult after being relatively chill for a while. So – I get that, but I do, I do love I that was, game. I was sad, but I did really like it a lot. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, and this one looks like it could also be really fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds really fun. Yeah, I would play it. You should. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at News. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.